0: Sing us the song of your people.
1: Jump. 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 Jump.
2: Jump.
1: Howdy. Welcome to this episode 10 of the Where Are We podcast. I'm Zephyr Nizumi, and I'm joined by Storm Dancer, Bear X, Tiger Light, Black Paws, and Blaze today. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hi guys. Hi,
3: guys. Hello. <laughs>
1: and of course, everybody's going to beat April Fools.
3: <laughs>
4: Isn't that a usual thing?
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Oh, I, you know, I, yeah. So, guys, how you been?
5: Hmm, pretty good. Been doing
1: okay. Alive, I suppose.
2: Yeah, a little too busy to get into trouble.
0: Now, Blaze, you can't run away from trouble. There ain't no that. There ain't no place that far.
2: There's plenty of it that finds me, so I'm good with that.
1: I think he runs toward it. I know I do. Uh, So uh, Blue Wolf is out tonight because he just got microchipped and, you know, F on that. That, Pay your respects, poor Blue. Not feeling well. I had my uh, first shot for the vaccine and fortunately that didn't go too bad either. So I'm, I'm glad that things are moving toward some degree of normalcy at this point.
0: Yeah, you gotta watch that microchips and that 5G.
1: You know, I'm already being researched by. The, uh, never mind. We can't talk about that. Remember. <laughs> what <we're talking>
3: about. <laughs> there really is a, an amount of luck to that uh, getting in for the vaccine because up where I am, uh, there's a three month waiting list at this point still for the one A group, the uh, the high risk.
1: Oof. That's crazy. Yeah, I know, right? Well, it was <clears> like <throat> that in Virginia, and then like suddenly. It wasn't like that anymore. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, uh, someone gave me a website to look at, and like two days later, I was getting my shot. So uh, it's weird.
4: Uh, I don't know. Supply and demand, I suppose. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping relatively, you know, before the end of the month, so uh, I can actually do stuff.
0: I'm still keeping an eye out for when we're able to get shots to the general public here.
1: No, Badger, you're saying that you're not up on your shots no i've you know i have not got my distemper yet my
0: uh my rabies shot i'm way behind on mad dog mad dog something like that
1: it adds character (laughs) keeps people that's probably what matters the most yeah rabies keeps the it, it reinforces the whole six foot distance thing right Actually, i'm doing the social distance helping people social distance when i'm foaming at the you
0: know they see a badger there foaming at the mouth they know to keep a
5: distance put a seltzer pill in your mouth have the foam come out <laughs> mm. i've seen videos of
1: people claiming to do that in walmart and whatnot <laughs> I mean, oh my god
0: <laughs> got the eye twitch now
1: they're moaning covid <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, okay, so going to move on to some community announcements before we start the main segment. First one I'm kind of excited about because it's in the vein of what we're talking about right now. Uh, things are getting back to normal. Uh, it may take a while, but we're getting there. And discussions have started for the Virginia HAL in 2021. I hosted the HAL in 2018 and 2019. Naturally, 2020 did not happen because COVID. So uh, about a week or two, I started kind of poking at a few people to see if there was any interest and there's a lot of interest. So, (laughs) uh, so be on the lookout for information about the VA HAL 2021, uh, right now I am targeting September for the event date and hoping to get it around the full moon, but not going to promise that this year. Uh, again, we have to make sure that schedules are coordinated and things like that. So for those who aren't familiar, this HAL is going to be 21 plus, and we are going to try to vet community members reasonably. Uh, No assholes, no trolls. Just be kind, be nice to each other, be respectful. So uh, I will be publishing information about that on Therian Guide and List, hopefully sometime soon. And if there's anywhere else that I should be doing that, just let me know. Uh, Feel free to ping me if you are possibly interested. This is going to be Eastern United States. Again, September 2020-ish, so kind of keep that in mind. September twenty twenty one ish, twenty twenty one ish. Did I did I say twenty twenty?
4: You did. That's what I thought you said.
1: Ugh, uh, we kind of want that year. We kind of <laughs> want that still, year. It back. still takes a while to you know get the, the twenty one going.
2: The shock, it'll never be gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it'll it okay September of, oh, excuse me, September of 2021-22. twenty one twenty two. I'm gonna take a stab at a few community announcements here. So, Where list is looking for Therian related writing submissions and for things that are related to information about therianthropy, personal experiences, and other creative works. Check out the announcement section at Where list for the link called Opening the Article section. Additional details will be there. I will try to provide a link and give it a look. I also want to announce the Therian.org website. So Wolf from the Therian Guide is reaching out to members from the community for assistance with building a website that's kind of like a public hub for Therian information. Uh, right now, if you want more information, you can find it at the barn raising subforum of where list or in the announcement section of Therian Guide. It's titled, want your own Anthropy website? question mark And I'll try to provide those links as well. Basically, this is not intended to be something that's TG exclusive or anything like that. It's meant to be a portal, sort of like a one-stop shop for people within the community to be able to post information and have it like public threads will appear there from various parts of the community. So just trying to help with communication exchange and things like that. And with all that said, we are going to move on to the main segment, which is going to be a topic that's suggested from the user Scorpion at Wearlist. Subject of awakening stories. Uh, Awakening is not a one size fits all affair. Different people awaken differently and that's okay. And that was a quote from Scorpion's suggestion actually. It's a very good topic and I am personally not going to tell everybody my awakening story again because if you want to hear it you can listen back to the Therian talks and I'm sure I've rambled enough about it. But I thought it'd be kind of cool if we hear the awakening stories of the other cast members and kind of just show that, yeah, there is no one-size-fits-all sort of thing. Sometimes it's not quite as easy as people may think. I uh,
0: actually had a couple awakenings. Started with Wolf back when I was 15, 16 years old. Started getting into the, um, the supernatural, paranormal, occultist stuff, and did a bunch of uh, soul searching, meditation, just trying out a whole bunch of different things. And it sort of dawned on me that I was different than most. Well, I'd, I'd known that for a while, but it, it really came to a head when I had a um, a spirit guide, uh, a raccoon helped me find that, one, that which was hidden within. That's how I uh, came to discover the werewolf inside. And it was, I, uh, I embraced it rather than you know shunned it. I fully embraced it from the get-go, and it helped me a lot in life, getting through school, getting to the military. Um, I could pull on that inner strength of the wolf to um, know that I was different from others. Know how I saw myself uh, helped me out a lot. Later on in life, actually back in I say 2017, I started getting a bunch of badger vision and imagery and I knew I needed a change in life because I was living up in uh, North Dakota at the time. Not a whole lot up there. Not a whole lot of reason to be up there. So I knew I needed a change and the badger stuff came around. I, within four months of deciding that I was going to go for a new beginning, I had moved across the United States, got a job sold or gave away everything I owned and just had that inner strength going, that inner determination from the Badger to uh, help me through the move. After I had settled in, I uh, had another vision with Badger who asked me if I wanted to become one of his, which I accepted. And here I am now in all my strifey glory, Mm -hmm. all my grumbly strifey glory. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, you're not so bad as long as you have a cup of tea in your face first thing in the morning.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Slowly, so, it, it's it, it's it's amusing the um when I think about it, it's uh, it's it's more of a fluid thing rather than just not much of an awakening. It's more of a realization or becoming more aware of who and what I am on the inside.
2: mm Hmm
1: but what about dragon
0: yeah since it's out there i did have a dragon face in my life but i honestly don't know if it was a a, uh considered a walk-in a possession or what i still have some dragon shifts every now and then but how i acquired that dragon side or that dragon aspect rather back in high school there was this place called valentine lake where a bunch of us used to go to check out, you know, to scare each other, basically. Haunted Lake, you know, <laughs> story goes back in the 70s or something. Some cult was out there and someone, something they couldn't, ch- ch- you know, yeah. <laughs> ch- ch- chuff, shuff chuff, you know, the tiger in the woods. <laughs> but after I got out of the military, I felt this call to go out there again. And I got out there Uh, It was with my ex, ex ex-wife at the time and my best friend from high school. We got so far in, the area had changed dramatically, the feel of it. It wasn't, it didn't have that feeling of malevolence anymore. Um, there were, you know, I could see spirits all around, just different types of spirits, animal spirits and nature spirits and whatnot. And I saw in the background, this huge shadow that I knew that was what was calling me. We could only go so far that night before a panther spirit blocked our path. I went out there a couple nights later by myself, let myself be known that I'm out here, what do you want and all that good stuff. I feel something claw me in the back across the shoulders and then this weight rests on my shoulders. I look up behind me and I see this big dragon grinning down at me. It's like, yeah, you're finally here. You know, I have a purpose for you. I, I need you or something like that. And I, uh, over the next couple of weeks, it felt like a a conflict within me between the wolf and the dragon until finally both sides accepted each other. And, you know, I don't really talk about the dragon side all that much because some people don't believe it as Theriansen, call it other kin, dragon kin, whatnot. To me, it did happen and I don't sit there and sensationalize it or whatnot. It's just a part of my life that I feel, you know, helped. It did help guide me through that, those years of my life. I will say that. So maybe everything has a reason. Wolf, dragon, badger, I'm here for a reason.
1: I do think it's kind of interesting too, that basically there was a, a shifter transition almost like at a spiritual level uh at these different phases of your life some of them were more like transformations within yourself whereas some were more with like working with some kind of a spirit guide to get through something so i think it's interesting Uh, i see a lot of people who kind of get the two confused and they they try to say that they or they try to actually self-determine that they are a specific theriotype and they try to prove it to themselves and I, i'm from standing back a little bit i'm almost like you know are you sure this isn't just some spirit working with you and influencing you maybe so mm. i think it's good to have that kind of uh, that kind of perspective
0: it, it could be you know but like you know someone someone else in the therian community that that had a similar experience with just with dragon explained it that it could be something so alien or something so unknown to us that the only way we can rationalize it in our brain is dragon. So that's the closest term we have for labeling this.
2: One interesting point that I'd like to add to that is that just like with the spirits and animals identities that you see in terianthropy, all throughout cultures all over the world there's a dragon somewhere. So it... It, it suggests that this is a thing that's fundamental in the spirit world somehow for some reason. And I personally have had a very, very similar dragon experience as to what you described, Storm. For me, I get the dragon shifts every now and then. I've never been approached by a dragon entity itself as like, like what you described. But I've always had the very, very distinct impression that this is an essence that comes to me and then it leaves me. It doesn't re, I'm not retaining it. It feels like an interaction with something outside of me. Yet, when I'm in the depth of the shift itself, you can't tell the difference. I could very easily come to believe that I had shifted into Dragon. So, so it, like you say, there is no sharp line between this is a Therian experience and this is a more shamanic experience or whatever you want to call it. It's a spectrum of some kind.
3: Uh, I've had a sense of non-humanity for as long as I can remember. I, I don't remember a time when I did not feel like I was an animal trapped in a, a non-human animal trapped in a, in a human body, even as far back as, as being a little, little, little cubbo. I, I always uh, emphasized sort of with uh, with animals more than people. And I thought for a long time that I was, um, no, that I was nuts. <laughs> I mean, not to be, not to put too fine a point on it, but I honestly thought that I was not sane. Because who, who feels that way? Who gets really bothered by the fact that they're human at all? And it took me a long time to come to the realization that the animal that resonated with me was a bear because what I felt internally was this sense that I was supposed to be furry and big and on two legs. And the thing that I reached for was the werewolf because in Western culture, that's the touchstone, right? That's the thing that if you think of a, of a, a man beast, the werewolf is what you think of. It's just ingrained in our culture. And it wasn't until I was exposed to the idea that other shapeshifters existed in myth and legend that I sort of gave myself permission to explore outside of werewolves and realized that it was the bear that resonated with me and so it was wonderful when I found AHWW and I talked to them and they had this idea early on we didn't call it an awakening it was awareness right it Mm -hmm. was uh it was a play on wares as werewolves where whatever but it was this idea of awareness of becoming knowledgeable of the creature uh, animal or whatever that you felt fit
1: you more than human who who does that who does play on words with you know things like (laughs) where
3: Uh, You know, I'm not going to address that (laughs) specifically, but I feel like it might be someone nearby.
2: I am not aware of anyone who would do such a thing.
3: (laughs) In fact, Alanis Morissette has a a lyric in one of her songs. uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but she says, I think I'm aware. Yeah, I got that
2: line. I got it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and so that, uh, that got mentioned a few times back in the day. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, I think there's a thread. There was a thread on HWW, you No, know, is Alanis one of us? <laughs> so
1: I do think it's interesting, funny. though, because like when I talk to a lot of newer members in the community these days, a- awakening seems like it's supposed to be or, or th- that it's interpreted as something that is very uh, magical or oh, like like, a, yeah, like a sudden yeah, flash yes. of
3: inspiration as opposed to an organic developing process yes, over right. time
1: and like in my own process it was a an ongoing active awareness basically um (laughs) awareness but coming to terms more with the things that i experienced and why i experienced them and there was no like one defining moment where i was like oh wait i want to be a tiger and you know meditating on it and okay i'm a tiger now
2: my experience was kind of a hybrid between those two ends of the spectrum because I could relate to what you were saying earlier about how always feeling like you were, didn't belong. Always feeling like you were something other than human. But in my early years, I didn't really give it any conscious thought. All I could think about at the time was that these primal feelings kept getting me into trouble with other kids around me. It was causing me a lot of problems. So when I was young, the first thing I did to try to cope with human life around me was I turned to my intellect. I basically turned myself into Spock. He was my role model when I was a kid, right up until about 15. It was all about logic, 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 and beating those emotions down because I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know where they were coming from. Nobody could seem to understand what I was going through, but I didn't have this realization I'm not human come consciously to mind until it was triggered and this was the awakening moment for me was when i sat down and watched the movie balto now if you were to zero in on my experience as a Therian on just the first year or two after my awakening if i had joined the community then and talked about what i was experiencing then guess what i most likely would have been slapped with the label of a fiction kin because i was all about this movie that had triggered this awareness that i'm not human, I'm also Wolf Dog. And from that, it was like a 180 flip on my personality. Logic almost went out the window. All of a sudden, it was all about being intuitive and being impulsive. And all these feelings were coming out again. And I was getting hit with all these amazing insights. And as the, the pace of things gradually started to slow down over time, Within about a year, I pretty much started to lose my fixation on that movie. And from there, I started turning to other spiritual faiths and other looking for answers elsewhere. So I can relate to both ends of the spectrum on the awakenings in that it is a gradual process of development. It's one that I'm still going through right now, even. But there can be these moments where it's like getting slapped on the side of the head it's it, it was a very profound and very distinct moment for me
1: i think it's interesting that you said that uh you would have fallen into the fiction camp uh initially because uh, i was actually thinking about this a few days ago like the way that we explore our identities is vastly different when we're teenagers i think we see these things like i i was terrified of being a tiger i've already gone into that but like the Lion King was a big thing for me. And I kind of, I think I explored facets of my felinity through that. So I think you, you kind of romanticize aspects of your personality and you're like, yeah, I want to be this person or I want to act like them or.
2: Um... There is definitely, de- I've definitely been in through those kinds of experiences and I had one with the movie Balto, like I was saying, but it doesn't persist over time. I never actually felt right about standing there and saying to myself, I am Balto. It didn't go that way. It was just this was a symbol of who I am. And from there, I started to become more and more aware of it. But when I first joined TG and I first learned about the concept of Fiction can you know my first thought was, was, oh, no, now I don't <laughs> want to talk about my awakening. <laughs> I got over it, of course. But that initial thought was, oh, no, am I going to get slap labeled for this?
1: Then you never talked about Balto ever again.
5: <laughs> uh i can relate blaze uh I'll, um from my awakening it's important to understand that it's wasn't so much as an all all at once sort of thing it's a sort of a gradual crescendo here and um where that crescendo starts is uh right from the very beginning uh i'd say about preschool it was this fascination with animals and like being an animal being part part animal werewolves were lions you name it All the way through, you know, straight through all the grades, I was always interested in them, nuts about them. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, um, when I start getting scoffed at, uh, that became more hidden. But basically, that just kept carried on until um, I researched, uh, had to research an animal other than my favorite at the time, which was dogs. And by quirk of fate, I picked tigers because it was a last minute decision, I had to pick something. And that's all I could think of was tigers. And um, uh, at the end of it all, the tigers, for some reason, were like this, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like the shining beacon in my psyche, like uh, mesmerizing, almost like I, I had to drop dogs that that's where I had to go. I, I had to go towards tigers for whatever reason. Now, of course, at the time, I didn't, Think of it like that, but looking back, that's basically the best analogy. Mm -hmm. So when we got to around sixth grade, there was a show called Outlaw Star, and there was this one episode I had been following this character called Asha, who is like a cat alien. And in this episode, I saw them turn into basically a white tiger. And for whatever reason, that like struck me like a, a damn wrecking ball and so hard (laughs) yeah and like i I can't describe the feelings i was going through i can't remember but it was like at one point like i had it felt like a mix between a seizure and a fever dream on my bed and it felt like i was like given this sort of prophecy or something um I don't know what to make of it at this point, but um, point is, is that that struck me really hard. And in that prophecy, it's basically implying that I I was of that race. And so I, I tried, you know, I tried talking to my best friends about that. And of course I got ridiculed and shunned and laughed at and really grew insular about that. But this sort of coincided with my focus on tigers. It was, I would say that Catals were sort of a gateway into Tigers becoming spiritual. Right. So basically, just to save save some time here, I, I will say that that aspect went on to become more of a headmate than anything. And then it sort of switched gears around like tenth grade back to tigers when my focus on tigers had become it was it wasn't even a focus necessarily, it was a pull. It was like a being drawn to them, like, there's this, I need to focus on them. Okay, uh, what about this? Okay, that's not enough. Do more. Do this. Oh, my God, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> do more. Do more. Spiritual things. Do more. It's like drawing me in like a black hole. And, like, I, I can't, I can only imagine it was some form of desperation to make something of this draw to tigers where I'm just, just like finally like giving myself to them freely. Like clearly I am meant to be with you in some capacity. Like tell me, like give me some signs here. I like literally threw myself, just fill me up and give me the answers I want. And of course Take I didn't really get you. it. Take me with you. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> and I, I didn't really get answers. Um, what I got instead was um philanthropic experiences. The very first time I remember experiencing them, like outside i would say against what when i wanted them to happen <laughs> would be in school i i literally had to excuse myself from class and go outside and i was pacing around outside and strong phantom claws arms is basically all upper body invisible hands pushing down on my back and was like Arr! and it's it became a deeply spiritual thing and to this day it's still pulling me in i i don't know i still don't know what to do with it so i'm just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks right ah uh, but yeah that's that was basically my awakening
1: well, i think it's very important to uh point out here that uh, there is hope for canine therians you you may not always be canine you may <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> Them's fighting words, huh? (laughs) Um,
3: Choose your next words carefully.
1: I have to say this because Blue isn't on here, you know?
2: Well, you just be nice to me or I won't do half the editing.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Fair, fair. What's really interesting, though, is that with Tiger my experience was almost polar opposite of that like i was so terrified <laughs> of of being a tiger i wanted nothing to do with it and granted uh, later on the curiosity did come there but it was like when i when i first started ex- experiencing the stereanthropic aspects of it i just was uh, it it freaked me out so it's it's good to know that there's something on the other side of that too
2: <laughs> i could really relate to that draw that you were trying to describe it really is something that is just beyond words it's it's like a hunger and the yes. more you and the more you learn and the more you find out the more you want more yes yes it's like that
4: all right black Paws, your turn i guess it would i'll i'll begin with HWW, just like with just like with the bear there, I uh, I joined it thinking that it would pretty much solely be about you know pop culture and stuff, and it's something I uh, it's something I'd always been interested in. But then there are all these all these people, you know, s- saying that you know they felt like you know they were you know spiritually in some way actual animals, and sort of blew my mind because I'd never conceived. Anything like that that anything like that existed, and for reasons that are unknown to me to this day, I I stuck around. I you know started listening to folks. I got on IRC from from the beginning. I always thought it was just an interest. You know, I didn't think it had anything to do with me. Partly because. Never had any of the feelings or experiences that everybody else said they did, and second, because I was depressed and my self-esteem was for shit. As I got established at IRC stuff, folks started suggesting, you know, you know, hey, maybe, maybe you're aware too. And it's like, and I was always like, eh, you know, no, nah, no, nah, I, I kind of doubt it. And eventually, one of the members whom I, you know, liked and respected and talked to quite a bit, suggested Fox to follow up on that. Sent me a picture of what she thought. I looked like as as a werefox. I remember it was based on a white wolf drawing. So it echoed something I I already I sort of knew already knew about. And when I when I got it when she sent it to me, th- this it was in the in the mail. These these were in the old old days of the internet. I don't know. I had this shudder in my chest. I guess you'd call it. It, you know, like something I interpreted it as like something. Inside me, we re- sort of having some sort of reaction to what I was seeing,
2: You're like a sudden surge of energy of some kind,
4: like a flutter, I guess a sudden buzz, maybe.
2: Yeah,
1: so it was sort of euphoric.
4: I don't remember it as being a good or a bad feeling necessarily, just that it was something, you know, a reaction. Okay, I mentioned this to other folks on IRC, and I decided, you know, yeah. as, as loose and as baseless. As it may be, I figured it was enough of a sign to see where it went. It's it's kind of weird now that I think about it today, because from the beginning of I had this sort of this entire peanut gallery IRC server full of therians, you know, sort of cheering me on and nudging me towards towards at least something close to this result. And I don't think very many other people actually actually have some experience something like that and you know from that angle and i'm not exactly sure what it means or if anything but and it's been weird from the start for me
2: well certainly different from the experiences that i've had in the sense that you had community around you for the whole process in a sense right right whereas for me they finding the community was like the end destination
4: well it was for me as well That's a good point. I mean, I mean, I maybe I needed to have to start with the community around me because, you know, like I said, I'd never thought of that kind of thing before. I didn't think I ever had the experiences other folks had. So, you know, maybe I needed that to stick around.
3: I think there's a lot of people who probably have therianthropic tendencies and are drawn to animals in a sort of identifying way or or strong connections that just because of our culture and societal taboos or uh, you know ways of thinking don't just don't put themselves don't, don't give any they don't give any thought to the possibility because it isn't something that they've ever had exposure to. There's this word
2: to. called imaginary and a lot of us are culturally programmed to think that these things are just imaginary and therefore they're not valid and we won't even consider them so Unfortunately, I think it's probable that there's lots of Therians people out there who don't even know because they just don't recognize it for what it is.
0: They just dismiss it rather than further pursuing that line of thought.
2: Exactly. I was going to ask you, have you at any time felt like you were getting pushed by people around you to accept certain conclusions?
4: Sort of, but on the other hand, as I said, my... uh... My self-esteem wasn't that good, so I wasn't sure whether the whether the feeling was something I actually thought or another attempt by my inner demons to sort of justify having doubts. You know, it's it, I, I know some doubt is natural, but it's for a while you can't tell what art is natural and healthy and what's not. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Habits are like that. <laughs> I might have needed that to even start to think about it at all seriously, to even to even halfway consider it.
2: Yeah. That's. That's, that's reasonable, I think. I can picture that. I mean, that's one advantage that younger Therians have now that we didn't, is that they have the opportunity to have that exposure right at their fingertips.
1: It's interesting, kind of reflecting back on my own personal process. Again, as someone who, you know, a five or six-year-old kid, I, I felt very animalistic and saw the world through very animistic eyes. And it's like the culture around me told me that all that was wrong. And yep. I had to try to be as human as possible. And I had to reject a lot of my experiences and, and things like that, too. And then it's again, later on when I started getting to not so fun tiger stuff, I kind of villainized my therianthropic experiences and perhaps a cultural thing. It's, it's only been probably relatively recently that it's almost been a taboo to, I know we're going to discuss this a little deeper in some of the theory, anthropy through time segments, but there are okay. some cultures that embrace the animalistic experience more so than what our modern day culture and society seems to. In those cases, it's, it's almost like it's embraced and supported and encouraged and cultured instead of pushed aside and hidden and repressed so it's interesting how even that has kind of it ties in with the personal journey that some people may experience
2: absolutely it does and it's uh in my early investigations from what i've learned so far it appears that right up to about a thousand years ago these kinds of experiences were the norm not the exception there were in fact cultures that were practically built around these therianthropic ideas so it's really only the last thousand years and especially the last 500 years where these things have been pushed to the fringe it's possible it seems possible to me that maybe the whole process of awakening itself the necessity for it maybe that's actually by effect of this cultural suppression that we've all gone through You know what I'm saying? Maybe if we were in a cultural environment that was more conducive to exploring these experiences, it might be a more natural, organic process that we become aware of as early as five years old, right? As opposed to having to beat it down into our teenage years and then have it roar up in our face.
1: Well, it's like I try to look at things from the perspective of balance now. We are animals, right? We have animalistic habits. We're surrounded by animals. It makes sense that we would exhibit some of these traits And that we would be interested in some of these things and that we would find our identity in some of these things. We are a part of the world. And it's disappointing, but I think sometimes we're trained to feel like we're a part of it, like we're separate from it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I think that does kind of play into why it's maybe the self-awareness process is a little more jarring for some people.
0: Yeah, where they they become aware or awaken and they feel ostracized by the way society as a whole interprets who and what they are. It's right. weird said we're a part of this world as well. And we may not have it all figured out yet, but we are here.
1: That's what's kind of interesting, you know, banking on what we said a, a few minutes ago. But like in the past, in some cultures... People had uh, people who had these tendencies fit into certain roles. Like, they weren't necessarily ostracized. They were given a place.
2: They were often uplifted, even worshipped. They were some of the most important people in the community if you had these abilities. And they started working on strengthening those abilities at a very young age.
3: I've often wondered if it is a, a genetic kind of thing, that there are certain people who would feel this way regardless of their cultural exposure.
2: That's also a valid point, and it's um, it's interesting to note that perhaps that's why these kinds of things show up in cultures all over the world that never had contact with each other, because it's intrinsic. It's something fundamentally part of how we are designed, that certain people have this tendency.
1: I think it's somewhat interesting too. Kind of go back to when I was nineteen and seeking advice on anxiety for the first time, and my psychologist said essentially what i'm experiencing is uh uh, tapping into emotions and things that were probably passed down by my ancestors because they were survival mechanisms anxiety was necessary there used to be far more in the world that was dangerous and going to kill you (laughs) so you had to be on edge constantly and on the lookout and as society moved on things became safer and more secure and most people it's like they didn't really necessarily need to tap into that quite as much but in my case apparently there's part of my brain wiring that's like hey let's just tap into this for some reason and let's have this weird anxiety instinct and i kind of wonder if perianthropy isn't like that in a sense too like is something is some part of this experience something that's passed on from my ancestors and Most people nowadays probably don't really need the skills or instincts or insights that go along with it. So it doesn't really flip on. But uh, for whatever reason, I got the luck of the draw there and (laughs) have these fun experiences that don't make sense sometimes and don't seem to fit in sometimes. But Mm -hmm. uh, it it does make me wonder, uh, like I personally have not done like a DNA test to find out what my exact lineage is. But I am curious to see, I know bear can talk better about, or speak more about this, but there are theories in the Therian community that Therians have a higher proportion of, like, Neanderthal DNA, or there are other certain types of genetic makeup that are more common within the community.
2: It's possible, yeah. I read um, an interesting fact that popped out from that book that I read recently, uh, Werewolf Magic. The first chapter was all about summarizing. And one of the points that was made in there is that humans and wolves have 84% of their genes in common, 84%. So what's basically suggesting is that for people who have these therianthropic tendencies, what could be happening from a physiological perspective is that we are gaining access to those deeper animal parts of the brain which for most people have gone dormant but for some reason those switches are coming on interesting it's not a fanciful idea it is in fact an idea that has been looked at scientifically
0: and i do hope that it is it will continue to be looked at scientifically by like i iarp and uh, you know maybe others me too i Like you, Zef, you mentioned the Neanderthal genes. I do, I did have a DNA test done and I do have Neanderthal traits and there's the autoimmune disorders and other stuff that that stand out with Ethereans more often than not. And I would like to see more studies done on the actual stuff you can touch and measure and stuff.
2: The physiological.
0: When it applies to Ethereanthropy.
2: It would also be interesting to speculate what role that physiology might play in this whole awakening phenomenon that we experience. Is what Just what exactly is happening in our cranium when this goes on.
1: It makes me wonder about other sorts of synchronicities, too. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but I know it, it seems like there is a higher degree of people who are on the autism spectrum who are within the community too mm-hmm. and again is, is this something that for some reason inside our biology physiology neurology something that activates and impacts the way that we observe and respond to various stimuli in the world around us like is this something that it, it just kind of gets flicked on and it's how we perceive things it's just curious to think about how some of these things may be interrelated.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. There's physical aspects, there's emotional aspects, and intellectual aspects of it. Put all those together, the core, the spiritual aspect of it. It's all interwoven. And that's why everybody has their own unique style of becoming aware, awakening.
0: Yeah, there there is no one single specific way to become aware, to recognize, to awaken. We all have our differences in that it may not in some for some it may take time for some it may be triggered by something instantaneously for others they feel different and they need to research it and find their
4: way that way yeah i mean i'm glad to hear you say that because for this entire time you know i've been around i've sort of felt like an outsider because i didn't i mean you know for example i'm the only one here who didn't feel this way from their like earliest memories or what have you and i guess the term always led me to wonder you know am i is that actually you know an awakening or awareness or whatever you call it i mean does it count because i don't feel like i a lot of the time like i'm i'm doing something really wrong in comparing my experience with other people's but I
1: was going to say it's very subjective, because what if you are Therian, but you just weren't ever worrying about it or thinking about it?
2: That's another good point.
1: That wouldn't necessarily change the fact that you're a Therian, right? But that also kind of goes away from the desire for us to have some sort of objective or solid evidence as far as, yes, you have to experience this, this, and this to be a Therian. It's unfortunate, but we don't have hard set rules as far as that is concerned right now, and... I've seen the other way around too, Black, where people, again, I think they try to force themselves to experience the things that they're hearing that other Therians do experience. And I kind of, I see that as hazardous, like it's mm. someone Absolutely. trying to convince himself that he's a Therian when he may not actually be, that could end up being distressful.
4: Absolutely. I've, I've that's been something I've wondered about since the very beginning.
2: That yeah, was kind of at the root of why I asked if at any point in your travels you felt like you were getting pushed in that regard. Because I could see people in all honesty, in all their desire to want to help you grow, they might actually push you away from where you need to be rather than towards it.
4: Right. I, uh, it bothers me a lot, but I can't really tell. Mm-hmm.
0: I look at it as something that you shouldn't push too much. You push a little bit, but you shouldn't force it. Yeah. I always like to learn, uh, recite something I learned from you know just observing rivers and stuff. Just let it flow. The water will find a way around barriers, around objects. But don't don't push it. Just it'll flow naturally.
5: You know, I'd like to make a remark about the double-edged nature of having a Theron community. On um on the one side, just just for the record here, I'm. Really glad all my awakening stuff happened before I found out about the community because the community is great to learn more once you've already experienced for yourself yep. that this is a thing. But if you haven't like experienced these things that we typically associate with here in therapy uh, before exposing yourself to the community. Will you ever truly know that this experience was yours and not just something that was inspired or mm-hmm. inceptioned into you, for lack of a better term, because of your exposure?
1: It is incredibly frustrating to me because, again, I mentioned earlier that we, we do seem to have a higher percentage of uh, autistic <clears throat> members or uh, members of the community that are who on who are on the autistic spectrum, autism spectrum. I can talk, I swear. But... And a a very high proportion of people who have things like anxiety disorders and and whatnot. And uh, as compared to the general population, and it's very easy for certain groups of people to empathize with the things that are going on around them. Like with going through OCD therapy, you've got to be cautious on working with other people because you may cause them to misidentify with what you're saying. And it causes a false positive. And I see a lot of that in the therian community too. I see people who are very easily imprinted upon and they empathize maybe a little too well with others. <laughs> and it's it's like an almost instantaneous yes, I click with this. But I, I agree with Tiger here. It's like um, you know, is it is it do you, do you feel that way because you actually feel that way? Or do you feel that way because your friends feel that way? Or do you feel that way because the, the media that you're looking at right now? like
2: The only way to tell is through the test of time. Is it still with you in five years? It's probably yours.
4: Exactly, Blaze. I've been thinking about this for much longer than five years and I'm still not sure. So, I mean, I guess I just got to... I guess I just got in, let the water flow a little more or something. Cause as I was saying before, this is, these are things that I've been wondering about and been quote unquote afraid of, you know, for a very long time now. So, though I'm
1: sure that you, you find some value in hanging around the community. So maybe that's all that matters. Uh, sometimes I think actually we, we dig a little too deep in some of these things too. And we expect to find these grand design, long, drawn out explanation whatever's and really all that matters is that we are finding peace with who we are and how we fit into the world and we're trying to be positive and productive
2: i think a good way to look at it is therianthropy and identity in general should not be looked at as a destination it's a journey it's not just a figure of speech or a cliche it really is like that it's not something you arrive at and, okay, I've had my awakening. It's done now. No, it's not like that.
0: You will always be learning, always be growing. Yeah. You will keep, you know, that's the goal to keep going forward. You will find out more about yourself. Things will change. And you still got to keep on keeping on.
5: I do have one thing to add, and it has crossed my mind, you know, just a sort of food for thought. You said, oh, if it lasts for about five years, then it's... you got it good, right? Um, Think about this. In those five years, how solidified did their identity become as a Therian? If their identity is solidified as that, then to later admit that that was not actually part of them, would risk, depending on the person, would risk completely collapsing their sense of self. So they may carry on in, not in ignorance, but in fear of losing their sense of self that they have put so much effort into building up around this uncertain identification of themselves.
2: I've seen firsthand what happens when a person's psyche collapses like that. It's not pretty.
0: If they're, I guess, lack of a better term, growing, evolving, they may, maybe five years down the line, you realize, hey, I'm not this. Don't despair, don't dwell on that. Just keep on putting one foot in front of the other and it's, it's all about growth.
2: Joining us to have a friend of mine, Sam. Say hello to everybody, Sen. Hello,
6: hello.
2: I was just going to grab your scruff for a couple minutes here and get you to talk a little bit about your awakening, your process of awakening and becoming aware that you are a white wolf dog. How did that come about?
6: Oh, God. <laughs>
2: you know, start back when you first started having experiences that you can remember as being something other than human? How far back does that go for you?
6: Pretty far back. I would say... I would say even around, like, the age of four and five, like, when I started to get to interact with more people and more kids, I never felt like I was one of them, basically. Like, there was just, like, this disconnection.
2: Kind of feeling like you do not really belong with the rest of the crowd, but you can't really explain Exactly. Yeah. And then what happened? What happened as you started to get older?
6: I would say it... It kind of started to really like Develop once I got into school And you know There was still that dis- Disconnection How do I explain it Like at the time I didn't necessarily like See myself as an animal mm-hmm. But I just Like I said I just I didn't feel human Right And it wasn't until I started like, inter- like Interacting with animals And I felt that I could connect with them better than people, especially like with dogs. I grew up around a lot of dogs and I think it kind of started to take shape, like how I, how I would interact with the dogs. I would like mimic their behaviors.
2: So you kind of started to realize that when you realized that you were having an easier time interacting with dogs. Is that kind of your first clue as to why you felt like you weren't human? Yes. Right. So that was another stepping stone for you.
6: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how... And so, like, the more, you know, I interacted with the dogs and the more, like, I picked up, like, on their body language and stuff, mm-hmm. it just... It made more sense to me. It was more... Uh, picked up on it more naturally.
2: Of course. I totally relate with that myself.
6: hmm So I would say... About the time I was like six or seven is when I started to like refer to myself as being like a dog. Later on, it became wolf. Right. And then as I got as I got older, like I started to feel like I was both, so wolf dog.
2: So for you, the canine aspect became a part of how you identified yourself at quite an early age, by the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> I went through something similar in that my first manifestations of canine behavior were very, very young. But because it was causing me problems in interacting with other kids, I started to suppress those behaviors quite strongly at a young age. So I ended up not having the opportunity to start exploring that until after I was 16 and had the very pronounced backlash awakening kind of thing happen to me.
6: Um, for me, it was a little different. Like, I. So when i was young i didn't feel the need to suppress it or anything like that like i didn't really think anything of it It Mm -hmm. it's just like it was something it was just how i was you know even though like i would get like bullied and picked on and whatnot and i had a hard time making and keeping friends it just it never really like clicked in my head to like well maybe you should just not be this way (laughs) you know try to fit in I didn't care at that point like I didn't want I didn't really want to interact with people or other kids so I would just kind of hang out by myself at school I would go off like on my own somewhere like quiet I was the type of kid that would like go outside catch bugs and little critters all (laughs) play in the dirt and just you know
2: Yeah, I was very, very earthy myself as a kid. I spent most of my time out in the bush. I can relate with that completely. So what happened once you got a little bit older, like into high school and stuff?
6: Okay, so when I hit high school, that's when it kind of like dawned on me. I just kind of like realized, you know, like, I've never met anybody else that was like me, that thought the way that I did and felt the way that I did. Uh, I was just kind of like, well, you know maybe now's the time for me to basically grow up and leave that behind you know start being you know a normal teenager
2: Right, trying to normalize yourself around that time
6: right mm-hmm. and it did not work <laughs> it's like the more that i pushed it back the more it started to come out and I came to a point where I was just kind of, like, scared. I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, how come I still feel this way? How come I'm still acting this way? How come I'm still having these experiences?
2: When you started realizing it wasn't something that you could just simply choose.
6: Right. It wasn't something that I could just, like, turn off and that was it. It just, it kept coming back no matter how hard I tried. So at that point, I was like, well, what do I do, you know? am i crazy who do i talk to right and i just felt like my family wouldn't really understand some of them they know now and they're cool about it but for the most part most of them are just like "Eh."
2: yeah they kind of in the need to know category and they don't need to know sort of thing
6: pretty much yeah
2: (laughs) i feel you there but most of my family falls in that category too
6: oh man yeah it's hard but yeah, I was I was living uh, with just my mom and my brother at the time, and I was like, well, I know I can't tell my mom because she'll just she was very um, very Christian. and so like she she would attribute those things to like demonic stuff. and I just did not I was just like, no, I'm not gonna even bother.
2: Probably wise.
6: Yeah. so I guess I just ended up looking on the internet. <laughs>
2: I was just going to ask, how did you eventually come upon discovering Therians, and how long ago was that?
6: That was when I first found the Therian community, that was in 2012, maybe? So it's been almost, it's been like nine years.
2: So that's that's a while, yeah, that's a while. What was that like for you?
6: It was kind of a blessing, like, because for a long time, I just kind of thought that i was alone and i didn't have anybody to talk to i didn't have anybody to relate to um before i found the Ethereum community actually i had uh when i was kind of like on my search basically to Mm -hmm. try to find answers i first uh came across the furry community yeah and you know i was like oh well maybe you know this is what i am (laughs) but then like the more like i dived into it and started to understand it I was like oh you know these people most of them just kind of do it for fun you know it's not really um you know something that they could turn off
2: right it's not it's not like us where it's part of our identity and it's there no matter what
6: right right and so I was like I was like well no this this isn't the right answer and eventually like I think what actually led me to uh to find the Tharian community was that I typed in like real werewolves or something, <laughs> and then I came across a Tharian guide first. Gotcha. That's how I found it, and and yeah, it kind of went from there.
2: So there was no singular magic moment for you, that's for sure. But the sound of your story, you've just—it's just been kind of something that's been with you the whole time. Right. Interesting.
1: All right. Well, thanks again to Scorpion at Wearlist for giving us this uh topic suggestion. Sorry that I've not been able to communicate with you again since you gave the suggestion, but feel free to reach out to me on Wearlist if you'd like to possibly give us your story. And that is going to wrap up this segment. Sounds like next time we are going to do uh, we're going to start a new segment that is parenting and therianthropy. And I'm gonna let Blaze babble a little bit about that because he seems to have had more conversations there.
2: Well, I'm not gonna be spearheading a second segment. I'll make that clear right now. (laughs) (laughs) But um, from what I've gathered so far, we're gonna kind of gradually, over time, once in a while, revisit this topic again and again because it's an issue that's important to Therians all over. Many of us are gonna be parents at some point and there are unique challenges to being a Therian parent, experiences that you'll have, struggles that you'll face, that ordinary mainstream people may not be able to offer much support or guidance about. So what we're kind of hoping to do with this segment is create a bridge, a window of opportunity for Therians who have had struggles or successes in their parenting to kind of step forward and talk about it and put it out there that, hey, no, this is not something that you have to hide or be ashamed of or figure out all by yourself. We are here. And we are putting together this recurring segment as a means of building that bridge. And
1: don't maul your children.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Aw.
1: Ooh, you just got called out. Yeah, well, I mean, cubs are delicious. All right. So if you would like to reach out to us, you can contact us at wherearewepodcast at gmail.com. I would like to thank everybody for joining and for listening in. And now for our segment, Dear Badgie, stripe perspectives on spotty questions. Today's question comes from Atlantis at Therian Guide. Dear Badgie, why are you so stinky?
0: I'm a mustelid. How am I, How else am I supposed to smell? Plus, I take my bath with Aussie Clean to keep my white stripe white, you know.
1: You take baths? Yeah, wow. Well, the dog part of him rolls and stuff. I mean, it's in his name Musty Lid. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, I ought to take offense to that. <laughs>
0: At least I'm not one of those that sprays.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. You're the one that was talking about the bear spray. <laughs> oh, wait, we can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> the what? <laughs> Legal
0: <laughs> is going to be concerned.
1: Dear <laughs> Paddy, why does it burn again? <laughs>